0: This is Center Stage, putting lawyers in the spotlight by highlighting attorneys and other industry experts to help take your law firm to the next level. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Center Stage. I'm your host, John Henson, and today I'm joined by attorney Jason Canales. Jason, how are you doing today?
1: Good, good. Thanks so much for having me today, John.
0: Yeah, it's great. So uh, this week we are talking about uh, the challenges of an increasingly virtual legal world. And I know that, you know, at least for us in the marketing world, you know, especially when we're doing web design and internet marketing, we live in the virtual space. This, This hasn't really been... Much of a transition for us; it hasn't really caused that many obstacles. But I imagine, in the legal world, especially with cases that have to go to trial, that's it's got to be a really big transition. Especially when kind of the uh, you know main thing you've got to go to court—that's an in-person thing. And so, Jason, um, you know, I know you're going to talk a lot about that. So, you know, before we dive in, why don't you introduce yourself and let's get to know you a little bit.
1: Sure, sure. So my name is Jason Canales and I'm a litigator in New York City. I also because of the pandemic now have an office out on Eastern Long Island in the North Fork. Um, It's beautiful out here. If um, any listeners have never been here before, it's wine country. It's a pretty cool place. Um, It's sort of like the Napa of the East Coast in a way. Um, my practice, like I said, is uh, litigation. I focus on business litigation, securities litigation, uh, commercial litigation, and real estate litigation. and I represent both individuals and corporations.
0: Awesome. So yeah, I you know kind of jumping in here, obviously 2020 with the pandemic, a lot of stuff was forced to go virtual. Um, how How are virtual court proceedings, you know kind of becoming a thing Are, do you think they're going to change the way that you know the legal world and lawyers do their job?
1: Oh, totally John and what a transition it's been um, you know we went from being in court on a daily basis in person before a judge with our adversaries right beside us sometimes our clients to you know being on a computer uh, with a camera in front of us and no one to the right or to the left of us uh, so it's been a, a complete transition um, initially when the pandemic first started uh, there were there were no court proceedings in some states um in, in new york state uh, there were some proceedings still going on telephonically there were court conferences and whatnot, but there weren't any virtual proceedings. So the courts also have had to really get up to speed quickly with respect to virtual platforms. Um, and, uh, and they've done a pretty good job um, in a short amount of time here in New York, at least. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of new normals. Um, you know, the new normal is routine court appearances that you would be doing on a daily basis happening through um, through Zoom or Microsoft Teams. Uh, there have been bench trials, which are trials before a judge as opposed to a jury that are happening now through Zoom or Microsoft Teams here in New York as well. Um, and eventually, I think we'll see that there'll be some jury trials happening virtually as well. Um,
0: so. You know, what did your law firm do specifically to really adapt to this more virtual world, especially you as a litigator? Like, what did you do to make that transition?
1: Sure. So I invested in technology, which I think um, has been super important. Um, I invested in the technology. I signed up for, I signed, um, I, I obtained a Zoom account. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also got Microsoft Teams. And so, you know, through investment in technology, that has been super helpful. Uh, and I've also invested in getting training on how to work the technology. Um, I've, I've changed my office into a studio. So you see my, my background now is my logo. Um yeah. And, uh, you know, if you, when I was working from home, which I was doing for a short period of time before um, coming back to the office, I changed my bedroom into a studio um, so that I would have the professional experience that was necessary to appear before the court and to also speak to clients and bring in new clients. Um, I've taken some classes and I think, um, you know, the. The courts are offering classes on how to use their virtual platforms Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've I sit on a bar committee on remote proceedings and that's been super helpful because that's given me the opportunity to learn what is and what is not working um, for others with um, with respect to these virtual spaces. Yeah, I've also gotten feedback from clients. I think that's super important. Um, You know, after a virtual chat with a client, I'll, you know, reach out to them by email, asking if there's something that can be improved, um, how their experience was. And something that I've also done that I highly recommend is watching a virtual proceedings, a virtual proceeding. So uh, court proceedings are public. And so in in many courthouses, you could find out, find out by going online, where the proceeding is going to be broadcasted and you could watch it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me personally, because this is this is really fascinating to me, just because I think it's such a huge transition to make. What's the preparation like? You know, is it different? You know are you finding that you are preparing differently for a virtual proceeding versus when you were going to court on a daily basis? You know, is it harder? Is it easier in some ways, or do you, you know or is it is the jury so to speak still kind of out on that?
1: yeah, so i I actually think it's easier because you have more time right i'm I'm not hopping onto a train to get to the courthouse um you know with 10 minutes to spare before i have to argue a motion uh you know i'm doing it from from my office or i'm doing it from my home and so i could you know wake up on the morning of an appearance and that half an hour that i would spend commuting i could spend preparing for my argument uh so yeah, in that in that regard, the preparation I feel has um, has been easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that you do have to spend some time, and what I do is uh, getting onto the virtual platform beforehand and testing it. Make sure I look okay. Make sure the lighting is okay. Make sure that my background looks pro- making sure that my background looks professional, and also speaking to the court and my adversaries in terms of what the procedure is going to be with respect to the proceeding. I think that's super important. So I have to, you have to spend some, some, some additional time doing that. Whereas when you appeared in court, you didn't really have to do that because there would be a judge right in front of you and the expectations as to how the proceeding is going to occur have been set in stone for many, many, many years.
0: Right. Right. So what are, what are some issues that you've seen uh, when it comes to adapting to these new virtual proceedings?
1: Wow so many issues um, but the biggest issue I think is the lack of reliable virtual platforms mm. um, you know I think there there's always the issue of people's screens freezing uh, and so you know learning how to adapt to that uh, has been has been difficult but but people seem to be catching on to it and figuring out ways to deal with those issues um, the proceedings seem to take a bit more time uh, I think they take time because, People are learning how to use the technology, um, you know, during the proceeding. And then you have the issue of how do you do what you did in person virtually when it comes to, for instance, handling um, a witness and exhibit? right? Or objecting to a question or speaking to a client off record. Um, also, you know, well, what are the ground rules for a witness who is appearing virtually. Uh, and so those, um, those practices have to, uh, those practices have changed and have become difficult to adapt to um, quickly.
0: So obviously, you know, the, this is a big shift, but with a lot of these changes there, there's obviously room for Opportunities And so speak for a second on just some of the opportunities that have risen out of this new virtual legal proceeding.
1: Yeah, so like I mentioned, no commute to the courthouse equals more time to prepare. Not having to uh, physical office if you're working from home equals more time to develop business. Um, you know, from a business development perspective, um, virtual proceedings, at least for me, have also generated a new opportunity to get my name out by offering to clients a new service. And so now I, I, I sell virtual consults, right? I, I promote that on my website um, and I promote that to, to my clients.
0: Awesome. So, you know, I guess kind of, uh, you know, what I'm thinking about here um and if you don't have an answer for this it's totally fine i you know for me who's not an attorney do you think you know is there an advantage one way or another between plaintiffs and defendants you know in in a virtual world or have have judges and and the legal system still been able to do a good job of of keeping things pretty fair and allowing attorneys to still argue both sides so that there is still a good fair outcome in cases
1: yeah so you know that's a great question and uh, I, on the one hand i think from the perspective of plaintiffs and defendants who are rep- both represented by counsel it's been pretty fair mm-hmm. but i do think that virtual proceedings have presented and will continue to present issues concerning um access to justice for pro se litigants mm-hmm. or um for pro se litigants, right? I think that's, you know, people who may not have access to the technology, or who may not um, be able to figure out how to use the technology, I think it could become problematic for them. But people who typically are represented by attorneys, you know, I think it's been pretty, it's been pretty fair so far.
0: Cool. And and so kind of the last question here, uh, you know, where do you see this going? I mean, do you think that, you know, virtual proceedings will stick around even after we kind of hopefully get back to normal? Or do you think like once, you know, kind of COVID goes away, and we're all kind of back, you know, functioning as a normal society back before COVID? Do you think it's just all going to go back to in person? Or will there may be circumstances where, oh, well, we've done virtual proceedings before it's in our back pocket, we're going to go we can do that, you know, depending on the case?
1: Yeah, let me just cut back to my last answer in terms of fairness because I think it relates to um, your 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 question. Uh, so, you know, I think we have to keep in mind that there are some litigation practices where. Um, y- individuals are required to appear in court with, um, individual plaintiffs or defendants are required to appear in court with their attorney. Mm -hmm. In those cases, there have been issues of fairness raised because um, an attorney attorney sitting in a different room, or in a totally different state, right? From their client or their witness who they're representing, who also has to be present during the proceeding may not have the same ability to communicate with the witness or their client that they otherwise would have had their client been sitting next to him in the courtroom. Right. And so in, in my practice, in a, in a commercial litigation practice where the client doesn't often have to appear in court unless there's a hearing or a trial, um, I, you know, I would say it's pretty fair. And I would, I would argue that virtual proceedings will continue to happen. I think a lot of attorneys seem to prefer it. Uh, I think the court seems to prefer it. Um but in areas where um like you have pro se litigants or higher volume courts where um where there are where there are where there are parties who have to actually appear at every appearance, for instance like in a criminal action. Right. Um I think I think it may not be the case that virtual proceedings are here to stay.
0: Got it. Yeah. And that and that makes sense, you know, especially like you know, to your point, uh, you know, you were talking earlier before we came on about mediation, you know, maybe there's opportunities there for mediations to stay virtual. It just, yeah, out of convenience for everybody. And then, you know, maybe some different court cases there. So that's 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 super interesting uh, just to kind of see how this has kind of forced the, the legal world, which, you know, at least in my eyes is always kind of stuck to traditions, you know, especially just with how court systems and everything have gone on. So it's very interesting to see like how it's forced that change, uh, you know, so quickly. And, and it's good to see that you guys have adapted. And, and to that point, you know, of the opportunities that um, that it's been provided, uh, you know, you made a good point about how you can now sell virtual consultations and stuff like that, you know, and that's, such a great forward thinking way of looking at it and for attorneys out there to take advantage of, of that virtual space. And so, uh, really great stuff. So before we wrap up here, um, I like to end the show this way. So, um, you know, Jason, if you had one piece of advice that you could give all the attorneys out there, what would it be?
1: So, I'm old enough to remember when firms started using um, or issuing Blackberries to lawyers. Um, some lawyers were totally freaked out by it. You know, it changed the way they practiced. In that, they became more accessible. They had to learn to communicate with clients more rapidly. The technology also seemed so confusing. Um, you know, over time and after more and more people started using Blackberries things got a lot easier, the technology got a lot better, and it was almost like if you didn't have a Blackberry, you know, you weren't a good lawyer, right? right. Um, you know, we look at the Blackberry now as an ancient relic. Um, I think the same is gonna happen with virtual platforms such as mm-hmm. Zoom and Microsoft Teams. I think virtual proceedings will definitely be the new norm in, in a couple of years, and so, My advice to lawyers out there is don't resist the change. Embrace it. Um, You know, it's the new normal.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, kind of going back to something that you said earlier and how you invested in the technology, you know, we kind of did the same thing here. You know, I, I got this fancy new mic. I have a ring light over here to kind of balance out the light on the ceiling with my face. We got this nice backdrop here rather than a plain wall. You know, you've got your logo Um, you know, it's, it's small things like that, that can really make for a better user experience, all that kind of stuff where, you know, some lawyers, they, the ones that are hesitant to it will probably just stick with like a, you know, the webcam on their laptop and hope that the microphone sounds okay. Maybe they don't really care about their internet connection and it's, you know, really spotty at best. And so, you know, small things like that will really start to become differentiators In who clients end up working with so that's you know among all of your points that you made today those are those are some of the really good points so uh, i really do appreciate you coming on today and talking about this i I thought this was really good and uh you know definitely hope that that everybody got something out of this
1: great thanks so much for having me
0: awesome so for everyone else out there uh, continue to rate review us on apple podcasts and wherever you're uh, consuming the show and we will see you next week Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to spotlightbranding.com slash center stage.